Blog Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics, check out the 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 well, I'm starting like I do every week. Uh, don't forget to go out to iTunes, download the Pugilistic Linguistics Show. Uh, I think it's like keyword Pugilistic Linguistics is a big, uh, not a punching bag, what I'm thinking of, a uh, punching glove, a uh, boxing glove. Uh, you can't miss it. Download it for all your listening needs, your listening pleasures. Uh, and I'm working on getting more frequently out here, maybe twice or three times a week. I'm still working on that right now. Also, I'm going to be debuting a new segment next week. I'm going to call it Tom Watch. <clears throat> Basically, everything your president has done in the previous week will be recapped on the Sunday show with Tom Watch. But now, let's get into this one. I call this week's episode Voices from the Edge. Now, to give quick background as to where I come from with this, it seems recently, or maybe not too recently, but within the last few years, America, American politics, American whatever, has become very polarized. Everyone seems to ascribe to the left or the right. And I'm not going to get into whether they're both different ends of the same coin. That's a conversation for a different day. Uh, Left wing, right wing, they're all the same. Uh, We have a common enemy, but we're too busy fighting each other to realize it, but I could say as a conversation for a different day. On its cursory surface level, America has become polarized. Everybody ascribes to I'm left wing, I'm right wing, I'm you know, left this, right this, liberal, conservative, whatever. Not realizing that while we ascribe to that gang, because really, number this is political gangbanging. That's all we say is. No love for the other side. While we realize that, the bottom line of the whole thing is everybody really are centrists in some way. Some drift left of center, some drift right of center, 
But really, 85% of Americans are somewhere near the middle. Now, what does that mean in the context of voices from the edge? It means that the right leaning of us over the last few years have dominated the conversation. They have dominated the the Alex Joneses and the Tommy Larens and the uh, Sean Hannitys of the world, the Rush Limbaugh's. He's been doing it for a grip. They have dominated the conversation. They have taken the mantle of conservative and run with it. They hold it as a badge of honor almost. They are staunchly what they believe in. I'm not going to get into whether what they believe in is right or not. That's not my calling. I know how I feel about the thing, but whatever it is, they staunchly believe in it. On the left, we don't have, and I say we because I drift left of center most times. We don't have the voice that the right has. Or if we do have that voice, we don't, we are not uh, uh, forceful enough with it. We don't carry it enough as the bad that they carry it. You know, uh, Alan Combs, who recently passed this week, he was the yin to Sean Hannity's yang. Uh, You know, but there is no true... I don't want to use the word famous, but there's no true, uh, widely known liberal talk show host in the vein of a Rush Limbaugh on the opposite side. And to that end, the narrative generally drifts right-leaning. It's important in this society because Americans as a whole are lazy. We don't want to research on our own. We want to be told what we believe because we have no desire to figure it out for ourselves. You see it the way in the election. There was a time in America where you developed your beliefs and then you picked candidates that most closely aligned with how you believe, and that's how you wrote. Nowadays, it's just the opposite. You find your candidate and then modify your beliefs to fit. That's backwards. So there needs to be a voice of reason. The 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 opposite end of the spectrum needs to be more well represented. Because if not, we get into situations like Tom. The media 
in full disclosure, a group to which I ascribe to be a part of eventually. The media, throughout all of its flaws, has, to this point, not engaged in a battle with the White House to this point. Uh, Just Friday, I believe, the White House banned some mainstream media outlets from the daily briefing because Tom called them fake news. No, it's not the fact that they're fake news. It's the fact that they won't take your crap and they will push back. Consequently, they are an enemy of the state, as he called them earlier last week. So only, I shouldn't say only, mostly right-wing media outlets will get press briefings now, which is a perversion of the free press ideal. So what am I saying through all this? I'm saying that we all need to begin to educate ourselves. We all need to begin to bring civility back into American politics. We all need to begin to demand better. We all need to develop a voice to combat the radicalism that has taken over these days. We all need to begin to take back what's ours. Because the consequence of not doing so is this. The Washington Post, uh, late last week, Thursday, I believe it was Thursday, maybe it was Friday, but late last week, they ran an article, and in all fairness, a few other media outlets ran the same type of article. But they ran an article estimating the cost of Tom's security, his travel, his family security over the course of a year. And the number that they came up with was somewhere along the lines of $80, $90 million for one year's worth of security, travel, uh, that kind of thing. Trump supporters, Tom himself, debunked that story. Not debunked it, but they disputed that story openly, saying that the Washington Post is fake news. Don't believe it. And this is widely reported through multiple outlets, but uh, Tom said this is fake news, and his supporters say this is fake news. Don't, uh, Don't believe it. It can't be true. Yet those same media outlets last year totaled up Obama's eight years of 
security and that kind of thing, and totaled it up to be about ninety to a hundred million dollars over eight years. And they ran to the mountaintops, screaming about the waste in D.C. and how we need to do better and how dare Obama do this, that, and the third. This is what we're up against. These people will take a story that they believe and forget about the the, the source of the news and tout it as gospel. Yet the same outlets can 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 post a story that these supporters don't believe, and now all of a sudden the outlet is fake. I've never seen this type of behavior outside of ten-year-olds. On some level, people buy into the candidate they support. I had an analogy at a, at a place I used to work. I had uh, there was a vice president that hired a manager, and the manager did, turned out to not work well for what they were hired for. But he rode with the person that he hired because he had a personal stake in it. To remove the manager would be, in in some circles, an admission of failure. An admission of failure that he wasn't ready to acknowledge at that moment. So every supporter some way buys into the person that they support. And on some level, if that person doesn't work out, then that is an admission of failure on there. They 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 supported somebody who didn't work. So they're going to go to 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 to, to the mat for that person. This is where these Trump supporters come in. They will believe a story and run with it, regardless of the source. Again, what we're up against, fake news. Another article, another news story, another pair of news stories came out last week. And they were, you know, one was right-leaning that basically said Obama, Obama's security detail quit on him last week because Obama disrespected a veteran or something like that, somebody he deemed not worthy of being in his presence. And the story ended with, see, I knew he was like this all along. This is proving what I believe, this, that, and the third. Now, let's back up. Objectively, if that actually went down, do you think that more than one source, it's called like the Patriot News or something like that, do you think that one source more than one source will report on that. Maybe not the circumstances around it, but definitely his whole Secret Service security detail quitting on him. Do you think that that, that will make more than one outlet? And, and this was shared and shared alike on Facebook by multiple people, some of which are on my friends list. Notice I didn't say more my friends. I said on my friends list. Now that type of characterization of Barack Obama. You say what you want about the man as a politician. But that is completely out of his public persona 
and people who have characterized his private persona completely out of character for him. There's not been one instance that has been documented over his eight years of his presidency that would suggest that was the type of man he was. Yet the right-wing conservative media took it, ran with it, and people shared it without even thinking about it as a validation of something they wish were true. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, this is, I guess this is a more left-leaning story that said there were uh, people, I think it was in Texas, three or four people, guys in Texas, white males, decided they were going to kill as many Muslims as they can find to prevent Sharia law being implemented. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how true it is, but here's where I'm going with it. Whereas the people who look at the Obama thing objectively say, that doesn't sound like him. This one has a ring of truth to it because of the influx or the rise of the middle-aged, disgruntled, white male terrorists. Look at the last few weeks. Guys threatening to bomb a target up and down the eastern seaboard. Uh, one guy was going to do a, he called it a Columbine-like uh, massacre of Muslims, and he looked up to Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris from Columbine. I mean, look at the rise of the white male terrorists over the last month, two months, and that type of story can get feet. So I posted See, here's the difference between a right-leaning media outlet and a left-leaning media outlet. The right-leaning media outlet, you can smell it makes no sense just because of the way the story is structured, whereas the left-leaning one has an air of plausibility to it because there are circumstances in this country. There you go. So the thing about it is we need to get back to the middle. Now, everybody ain't going to do it. They're going to be your your right-leaning stuff. They're going to be your left-leaning stuff. There's no way to get around that. But we need to get back to the middle to where we can now sniff out the bull on opposite ends. We need to remove the sensationalism from the news. Denzel Washington was uh, interviewed on a red carpet uh, it was something, uh, I think it was an award show. Uh, he was uh, promoting his movie, Fences. And he spoke about the media and their responsibility. And I don't remember, I don't remember verbatim what he said, but the gist of it is what he said was the downfall of the media became, not became, the downfall of the media began with immediacy became more important than accuracy. The need to get the story first is what killed the news. Immediacy became more important than accuracy. So the people who are in the media, who have that power, how do you wield it? What happens when you get too much news? What do you do then? You know, I don't, 
the days of Walter Cronkite and Edward R. Murrow and 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 Eddie Robinson and 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 uh, those cats and Tom Brokaw's and all that stuff. Those days are gone. The sensationalism of the media has corrupted it to a point to where you can't believe what you hear, barely what you read. That's a problem. That's a problem. So the thing about it, we need to begin to demand more from the people we get our news from. We need to broaden our horizons personally to where somebody that has an agenda can't shape the way we view others. See, because the thing about it is we are complicit in our own demise. We believe that all blacks are violent because we haven't taken the time to meet a black person. If you believe all Muslims are terrorists, it's because you've never taken the time to meet a Muslim or learn about the religion. Because I can't sit here and say all Christians are are violent. I get crucified, pardon the pun. Because if I go with that blanket characterization to a group that everybody or most people ascribe to, the first thing you're going to say, well, we can't generalize like that. You can't generalize us like that. Why not? You do it to me. So the thing about it is we need to start developing our own opinion. Stop allowing other people to to, to tell uh, you how you're supposed to believe. Because that is where we get into trouble. So to back up, to go back to the beginning, Voices from the Edge, please, I I, I, I implore you, we need to start developing opposite side counterpoints. And to that end, I'm going to now toot my horn and use this as a small commercial. Get this out there. I know I'm not right all the time. I bring different perspectives, though. Share the podcast with your friends. Tell your people, go out there and listen to it. Yeah, it's a little rough around the edges. I'm getting started. But I got things to say, and I believe things that I say need to be said. I'm going to go ahead and end this one early this evening. I'm going to start preparing. Once again, next week we begin Tom Watch at the top of the show. And real quick before I go, i like to say rest in peace to Nicki Minaj's career. Uh, Remy Ma, I, I, I haven't really rocked with you that much. I haven't listened to much of your stuff. I listened to Sheether yesterday. And like my man Breeve Easy said, that's not something you release on a Saturday morning when folks are asleep. You just don't do that. That's just wrong. I don't know what Nicki did to that woman. I'm starting to get little bits and pieces, you know, subsequently. I don't know what you did to her, but you better apologize because that was savage. So once again, 
I'd like to say rest in peace to Nicki Minaj's career. Uh, I think we're going to have a visitation for it on Wednesday at 2 o'clock at AR League. Uh, I'll have some obituaries printed. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, if, you're in, if you're into battle rap, I know some people aren't. Some of my listeners aren't. This ain't for you. If you're into battle rap, disc records, the no Vaselines, the hit em ups, the ethers, the whatevers, you've got to go out and listen to Remy Ma, Sheether, S-H, Ether. Because that was vicious. But anyway, uh, as I say, I'm about to get on down. Uh, as I say every week before I leave you all, take care of yourselves because you all you got. And on that note, I'm going to say peace.